Welcome to Lesbians Who Write with Claire Lydon and T.B. Markinson. Conversations about writing and lesbian fiction. Join us as we draw back the curtain on the writer's life. Hello and welcome to episode 104 of Lesbians Who Write. This week's topic is Spring Clean Your Book Business. Joining me, Claire Lydon, is my co-host, the never-knowingly without a duster in her hand, T.B. Markinson. Hello, T.B. How the spring cleaner are you today? Do people still own dusters? I do. Do you not own a duster? <laughs> I use my back. I use the extension thing on my vacuum. How very, how very modern of you. I, I mean, I, I do have an extension thing, but I also use dusters. Yeah, no, but I'm not like the, the cleanliest person. So yeah, so I was slightly relieved when COVID got, you know, to the point where all travel was canceled because you were talking about staying at my place. And I was like, whoa, that leaves a year where I don't have to clean. <laughs> I was like starting to like figure out, I'm like, okay, I probably should hire a few professionals who <laughs> <laughs> so can get the bathroom and kitchen. You see, and, you know. and if you just said that to me, I'd have said, oh, do you know what? Do you know, I, I might just hire an Airbnb or a hotel because I'm, I'm, I'm fastidiously clean. So <laughs> I don't want to ruin a perfectly good friendship over, uh, over a bit of dust. Well, let's keep that in mind going forward. Okay. We'll be able to travel at some okay. point. <laughs> so tell me, about, tell me about your week. How's it been? We're recording this on Monday, which is also March 1st, and I have to say, March is starting off to be a very fucking busy, fucking, fucking busy day and month. So this morning has been, it's been rough. It's, um, I had to get up and do the podcast episode first thing, and then since it's the first of the month and we started this new thing on iHeartLesbic where there's the book of the month, so I had to figure out the winners for last month and swap in the new polls and get that up and running, and then now I'm here and, uh to talk about my week. So other than the busy side of life, I I got Earl's Court, my London novella, off to the editor two days ahead of schedule. I was worried that I wasn't going to miss this deadline or I was going to be up till like one in the morning trying to make this deadline. But two days, two days ahead of schedule. Can you believe it? I can't believe it, actually, because you were worried about this one. You kept saying to me that this is a really tight deadline. So I was fully expecting you to turn up today super frazzled, having been up, you know, a weekend. But um, you, you, you're just frazzled from life, not not from this deadline. I'm more frazzled from I Heart Let's Think this month. But, but yeah, so yeah, that was, that was an amazing, amazing feat. And I was happy with it. And not only that, considering I intended it for to be a novella, it ended up clocking in at over 52k, so it technically isn't a novella anymore, and I still made the deadline. It was 12k longer than I was expecting, and made the deadline. How amazing is that? That is amazing. Uh, Can you... I just retire for the month and what? not do anything else this March? Have you developed some new superpower um, in 2021? Because I, I, I was just saying to you off, off air that you are pa powering out the books so far in 2021, so uh, what's the secret? Um, I didn't take any time off last year. <laughs> Remember, I started writing this novella um, last either October or November. I mean, granted, I was only adding three to 500 words a day. Yeah, little bits do add up, and it shows. And obviously, I had to set it aside occasionally when something got busy, or if I had a book launch or something. And I set it aside for um, our break during the holidays. But when I knew I had to do the final read in a certain amount of time, yeah, I was getting a bit nervous, but no, it ended up working out, but 
I think a part of um, the success so far for 2021 is 2020, all my travel got canceled. I didn't go to any writing conferences. I didn't go on holidays. And, um, and again, like I said, I was writing 300 to 500 words, but like it, they do add up and it makes life a little bit easier in the long run, but I'm sad that I wasn't able to go on any vacations last year. So I don't know if the trade-off was perfect. We'll see. So on other news, I mentioned I Heart Lesbic. In addition to the book of the month um, polls, which were swapped out first thing this morning since it's the first, um, I'm also starting to format the um, sale pages for the I Heart Lesbic mega sale. Um, there's over 200 books in this one. It's a big project, and I am framing all of the sale pages this week. So fingers crossed that I make that deadline. <laughs> I always remember when I start formatting the pages of why I no longer do four of these sales a year. I'm always like, man, this is a lot more work than I remember. Four sales a year was always quite a lot of work, yeah. <laughs> have, I missed oh. the de- have I missed the deadline for that, TB? You have until tomorrow to submit your book. Okay. <laughs> you have until tomorrow, but by the time this episode goes out, yes, people who are listening to this episode when it comes out next week um, have missed the deadline. <laughs> In audiobook news, I have commissioned... Lori Prince to narrate my next two books. Um, she's releasing my, my last two latest books, Kismet and The Love Project. So uh, keep an ear out for more ACX Hell. It's bound to happen. It's, um, it seems to be part of the whole ACX process these days. But uh, audio has become such a significant part of my income that avoiding it just doesn't make sense. Oh, I have some non-work news you were you ready for that yep i finally finished watching sex in the city through all the seasons major achievement for 2021 people i'm really so, proud i might make a sticker i was as i said before i was a big fan of sex and city uh, back in the day i'm not sure i'm not sure how it would hold up in my head now because you know there's a lot of just women talking about men isn't there but um i think i do like the whole sisterhood and bonding and stuff like you know because it's it's uh women in principal roles so that's it ticks that box right and it is funny yeah so how does it end because i remember kind of remember that she's with the russian and then she splits up with the russian i don't know do we want to ruin it for other people who actually haven't watched it i mean a lot of people are binging old shows these days (laughs) because there's really no new shows i don't think you're spoiling it yeah she does split up with the russian when she's in paris and then uh big comes to paris and says you're the one that's it that's it it took him long enough they didn't it I was kind of not rooting for him big <laughs> because I thought he was kind of an asshole the whole time. Mm. So I was I wasn't like particularly fond of the Russian either. Um, I was kind of hoping that she would find someone nicer to her <laughs> because I think this goes to show again that um, this came out in the early two thousands. He was kind of a chauvinist. And, I mean, the thing I liked about it and the thing that. It really made me miss hanging out with friends and diners and restaurants and going out and everything. We're missing a lot of that normal human interaction that I didn't know I was taking for granted (laughs) until 2020 hit. And now, like, just going to a diner to catch up or coffee to catch up with a friend. Wow, we're missing a lot. Mm, Yeah, we are. Yeah, I miss friends. I miss hanging. I mean, obviously, we have Zoom. We have Skype. So we're staying in touch that way. But there's just that... You miss that whole interaction and how things aren't so scripted, and I just miss the laid-back times. <laughs> and of course, I wouldn't be as productive, but I, I think that would be a nice trade-off, not to be so productive. Mm. So, anywho, that's what's going on with my world. How about you? What's going on over there? 
over here in London town. Um, I am carrying on writing um, London 8, Big London Dreams. So I've really, really um, put, put my foot down on the pedal with word count uh, over the last uh, week or so. So that's really good. I'm up to 46,000 words in it and I've got 17 more chapters to go. So it's looking like it might be run a little longer this one, but we'll see. Um, and today I was just writing their first sex scene uh, as two teenagers in the 1950s. So that's interesting. Because, <laughs> you know, my teenage... What kind of garments are being removed? <laughs> my teenage years are a long time ago, but they weren't in the 1950s. But they're still a long time ago, so I'm just trying to, uh, you know, go back and channel what I might have been feeling uh, then in a world where there is, you know, no freezers, no supermarkets, not much of anything that we normally have, although they probably could go out to a cafe. We can't do that. <laughs> they didn't have freezers in 1950? Nope. Some people had fr some people have fridges, but not everybody um, in the UK anyway had fridges. So uh, apparently there was quite a lot of people who just had a cold, like they had a larder that was, that was shady. So basically you went shopping for food every day because you couldn't keep it. But little, there were no supermarkets, but corner stores had like um, just started stocking things like frozen peas and frozen fish fingers and stuff like that so you could go and get them but you had nowhere to store them unless you were rich and could afford a freezer so you could just buy them and then you'd use them that day i was surprised though when i moved to um uk because one of my flats had like the the half bridge and that thing was tiny well yeah i mean that was so tiny most places uh when you rent in the uk still they just have a a, a small sort of under the counter fridge and then in that, you'll have a freezer box, which is just like there to store ice cubes and the occasional magnum. And um, that's an ice cream, not a gun. Any rented place I've ever had, that's all we had. Like, you wouldn't have a freezer. So I remember when I, when I bought my own place, I got a fridge freezer and it was really exciting. But that was, the I was in my 30s by the time I got a freezer. <laughs> yeah, I was surprised by that. But because we had such a small fridge and there was two of us, uh, and you got to keep the beer cold. So I would end up, when I would come home from my evening walk from Kensington Gardens, I, was, I would pop by at one of the Tesco Expresses and then get dinner for that night. Like the fresh fruit and veg and everything. But yeah, so that was one of my routines. I forgot about that now. Now that mm -hmm. I'm here and I have um, too much food in my freezer. So. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so yeah, but uh, Big London of Dreams is going well, uh, and that's good because more and more people are clicking the pre-order button, so that's a bit scary. <laughs> well, you really need to get that one done. I know, right? Uh, but yes, it's it's um, going along, so I'm just uh, going with the momentum. I'm writing every day, which I don't, you know, I, I'm not like you, I don't write. I go in writing spurts, but when I'm doing first draft, I write every day, so I've been doing that. Also this week, in something that is uh, great timing for our topic today. So I will I will talk about it a bit more when we get to our topic, but I redid all the back front and back matter for my London Romance series because I had to update it because there was a new one there. So I'll talk a bit more about that, but my God, it is uh, involved. That's all I'll say. And uh, I did my library event. So you, we've been um, highlighting this one for a little while now and it was Stockport Library asked me to come on and be their um, author for LGBTQ plus history month and I've got to say it was probably one of the best events I've ever done that definitely the best event I've ever done online um, it was so well organized the people uh, behind it they had like they had music to pipe pipe into the waiting room they asked me for song choices so I chose a few songs 
they had like very professional slides um, everything was very um, orderly and well done and the woman hosting who was the one who organized it was a great host uh, and sent me a lot of really good questions and then um, 55 people turned up which I was amazed with so uh, and she said it was their um, most successful library event they've ever done online so that's brilliant and yeah so it was a lot of people came so I wasn't feeling that nervous going into it and then as I saw all the participants coming in the waiting room I was like oh shit people are coming <laughs> But um, it, it was really good. I really enjoyed it. And um, the only thing was I did go redder and redder as the evening wore on. I put makeup on, right? Because this is a top tip if you're doing a Zoom event, you know, because you want to look look your best, especially if you're if you're hosting. And if I was in real life, if I was hosting a thing, I'd put on my best shirt and put some makeup on. So I put on a shirt, put some makeup on. But I think just as you're going along and you're just chatting, you're you're heating up because it's your, your body's just heating up with the adrenaline of it all. By the end, I was bright pink. We're both wearing pink today. So, um, but I was bright pink by the end, but it was really good and um, very involved audience. And um, um, Sarah, who hosted it as well, did uh, giveaways of three of my print books. That was really nice. Excellent. And then um, what, was your, what was your top song you recommended for everybody? Well, she actually made one of my dreams come true because when I, I went to the Edinburgh Festival, uh, quite a few years ago, maybe 20 years ago. And I saw comedian Scott Capura, who's American and very funny, uh, at the Edinburgh Festival. And he had I Will Survive, but a cover version done by Cake. And it was the first time I'd ever heard that song. And I absolutely love the cover version. And so I've always associated that with sort of a lead in to a performance. And so as soon as she asked me for a song, I was like, oh my God, that song. So I also have. <laughs> I also had Placebo running up that hill and Kylie's Your Disco Need You. So a, a nice mix of uh, gay all round. Excellent, excellent. And then well done you for being the um, big draw. So maybe they'll start reaching out to more LGBTQ authors because we need more, more representation. Yeah. So I, good job. Yeah, thank you. You pulled your weight. Thank you. Thank you. I'm doing it. I'm doing it for every, all of us. Um, the other thing that was really exciting as well is that she said that uh, they've ordered, got all my books as ebooks for the library and they've all got a waiting list on to uh, to borrow them. So, I mean, that's really exciting. I was genuinely thrilled with all the people that turned up. So if you did turn up, thank you very much for coming. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed seeing me turn pink. And thank you to everyone in Stockport for borrowing my books from Stockport Library. <laughs> yeah. Now, how pink were you? Did you get like a screenshot? <laughs> they did actually. Uh, somebody else took a picture of it and then uh, we put it on my uh, social media so you can see uh, me looking a bit pink and confused if you go onto my social media. Well, I'm used to the confused part, but the pink's new. <laughs> so, uh, you know, but I, I like to I like to give the unvarnished version of my life, TB, and if I'm pink or not, uh, it's all up there on social media for you to see. Excellent, excellent. I'll have to go check it out. But um, I know even when we're just doing these recordings, by the time we finish our uh, episode, I am quite warm. Because mm. you do, you do start getting like hotter, hotter, and hotter and hotter when you have to talk and think. Yes, thinking, thinking really does my brain in. <laughs> I think it was just like if you look closely, you can see the steam coming out of my ears. Because <laughs> like you know, I prepared all the questions that she was going to ask me, but then probably there was about fifteen, twenty minutes of questions from the audience, which were all great questions as well. Uh, but then you're thinking on your feet, so that was probably what tipped me over the edge from pink to purple. <laughs> Oh, but you survived. That's good. You survived. I did. No, it was really good fun. Anyway, let's get on to comments. Comment monitor. What you got? 
All right. First up, we have a comment from Lynn who um, wanted to correct your usage of Je suis désolé, <laughs> which I think we actually corrected on the episode that is airing today, the one I just uploaded this morning. So Claire and I finally have learned that we don't know French. But Lynn also says, you don't have anything to apologize for except... You want to know what you, you should be sorry for? Go on. You use the word chiropodist instead of podiatrist. I'm not sure I am sorry for that, I'm afraid. <laughs> so according to Lynn, who is a podiatrist and who trained in the UK but now no longer lives in the UK, saying that the name change happened in 1993 and for its lingering use, I personally blame Alan Bennett. I don't know who Alan Bennett is, but Lynn is a podiatrist fan oh. and you should apologize. Okay. <laughs> I I did not know that there'd been a name change. Um, they're always chiropodist to me. <laughs> Funny because my my practice is called Angel Chiropody and Podiatry, so they're covering all bases. <laughs> oh, there you go. Well, who's Alan Bennett? I don't know Alan Bennett. He's a playwright, isn't he? I just said I don't know. <laughs> I think so, and I don't know why. I don't know why he would be responsible, but clearly he is. All right, our next comment is from Jean, and Jean had a, this was a funny comment. I think this was in response to our erotica uh, conversation, and Jean said that uh, Jean had a much-loved writing mentor in high school who recommended Jean write erotica to earn enough money because at the time um, it was too hard to make a living writing literary stuff. Um, and this author suggested, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to massacre this name, is it Anais Nin? Is that how you say it? Yeah. Anais uh, Nin for the erotica stuff. And um, according to Jean, this uh, opened uh, Jean's sheltered young eyes. So mm-hmm. I think it's funny that a high school a high school mentor suggested erotica to a high school student. I don't think this would happen now. <laughs> but okay, so I, I just found that one funny. And we have one final comment from Jill, who loves the podcast and tries to listen weekly. Jill is has a few... Um, answers we've been asking a few things you asked for uh, favorite restaurant tips in paris because um according mm. to you all uh parisian food in paris sucks yeah which is a bold <laughs> statement <laughs> i don't know if it's as bold as chiropodist versus podiatrist but you like to this you know you're not shy with your opinions jill has recommended gallery 88 apparently every time jill is in paris uh jill uh, goes there Jill shared a favorite first date, and that was seeing the English patient in a small, older theater in Seattle. So thank you very much for uh, answering our questions. And what about you? Comments over there? Yes, thank you, Jill. I've written down Gallery 88, so I'll let you know if I think that sucks too. I've got one comment from Carol in Montreal, who's been binge listening to the podcast since October. She loves our chemistry. Apparently, we're very funny, TB. Um, She listens while she's creating artwork in stained glass in her basement, which is interesting, isn't it? And she was listening um, at Christmas time. She was listening to podcasts from the Christmas before and she was laughing at all the things we were saying because we didn't realise what was coming in 2020. And apparently you were saying uh, 2019 had been a shitty year and you were really looking forward to 2020 because it couldn't be any worse. And um, she was laughing as well at the time where you said it was so amazing that I'd achieved a 75% increase in my sales when you'd only doubled yours. And um, Carol is an actuary and she was laughing because she realised that meant you'd done 100% and I corrected you. Carol was at episode 58 when she wrote in. That was probably a couple of weeks ago, so she might be up to date now. Who knows? If uh, Carol is up to date, she probably has really realised that math 
math is not even close to my strong suit. It's at the bottom of the barrel. But um, at least I say podiatrist. <laughs> I'm just going to go out on that one. So true. Anyway, let's get on to our topic of the day, which is spring clean your book business, get your dusters out and give your business a bright old dust or get your Hoover extension if you're TB. Well, or not if you're TB. So these things... So sprinkling your business is a really good thing to do because a little like writing, as TB has shown us by getting this um, novella stroke novel done, by doing little and often. If you do this little and often, then these big things uh, don't build up and you won't be overwhelmed with stuff to do. So we're talking about all the unsexy stuff that nobody sees, nobody knows about, it's all in the background, but it can make a huge difference to your life and actually to your book sales and your, and you know how people see you. Because if you constantly leave old, if you've got an old photo up on your website that's way out of date, that's you 15 years ago or something, or is blurry and you've never quite, you know, taken one that's in focus, then people can come to your site and think, well, who's that? I can't even see her face. And then if your bio still says you're on book one when you're actually on book 15, all these things make you look better to readers. And if your website's constantly updated and uh, all these things. So don't ignore all the little things that make your book business great. What do you think, TV? You just added um, change my uh, photo. <laughs> I have to I have to do that because my photo is older. But um, I'm actually <laughs> waiting for the world to get normal because I have a photographer chosen to do my next uh, photo shoot, but I can't do it yet. No. So so that's just that's just hanging in the balance right now. Okay. But um, I wasn't but mi- I, I wasn't I wasn't being personal. By the way. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> it was a general change of photo. <laughs> TV is snarling at me. <laughs> I'm not snarling. I don't even know how to snarl. But anyways, yeah, I agree. Um, when we decided to set this as uh, our next season, because we just did the season of love for February, and we did, we're now we're doing the spring cleaning season. Um, we uh, this is something that is vital and like Claire says it's something that's done completely behind the scenes you no one's really going to know and it's not really something you can brag about you can't be like hey I went in the MailChimp yesterday and I just archived all my unsubscribes Woo-hoo! because no one's really going to care but no. um, speaking of mailing lists that is something that is very important to do especially if you're a MailChimp uh, user because MailChimp I think last year or two years ago I can't remember time says blending but um they, they never used to charge you for your unsubscribes, but they decided to add those numbers to um, your, uh, what is it called, the tiers? So if you had a lot of unsubscribes, um, they were charging you extra for those. And it's kind of a useless thing because you're not emailing your unsubscribes. They were saying that these people, you know, subscribed at one point. So if you're doing like a Facebook ad, you can do a mirror on these emails and stuff like that. But I don't do the Facebook ads and um, stuff like that, so I was just like, okay. But I will, I will caution authors: if you have Mailchimp and you want to get the unsubscribes off your uh, total number of subscribers to um, adjust your numbers so you're charged appropriately, do not delete your unsubscribes. You have to archive your unsubscribes. If you delete your unsubscribes, um, Mailchimp no longer has records, and if you um, someone questions. It's, you want the paper trail for it, especially because what was it? GDPR. Wait, what? 
<laughs> GDPR when the end of the world was going to come. Yes, that was in 2018. <laughs> Do you remember that? Yeah. That, that was like, oh my god, the world's going to explode. And, um, but so you want to make sure you don't uh, delete your unsubscribes. You want to archive them. But it's an important thing to do, and also, it's kind of time-consuming for me, because I have a lot of um, mailing lists. <laughs> I have um, quite a few, so it's something I try to do each month. And I was really being vigilant, diligent <laughs> about it for my um, iHeart Lesbian newsletter, because I was bumping up against that next tier where I was going to have to go to the next paid grade. And um, so I was, like, un I was archiving the unsubscribes. And then um, two weeks ago, I had a sad day where I had to, I had to go to the next level, and I was like, "Oh, but you this know, is a significant increase." <laughs> yeah, but it, it's a good thing when people are joining your mailing <laughs> list. Remember, <laughs> never ever be sad about going up a level. I mean, do like TB says, um, do all your mailing list hygiene, as they call it, which I always find a little bit icky. Uh, it's an icky phrase, isn't it? But but don't begrudge paying the extra money because if you're at that level, then extra costs come with it. Uh, but don't don't try and get people off your mailing list because you don't want to pay the extra. Because <laughs> if you want your business to grow, it's just one of those things you have to do. Um, I'm not in, on Mailchimp. I use ConvertKit, so I'm not, I'm not actually sure if um, I'm charged for unsubscribed um, subscribers. I don't know. I will have to have a look. But what I do do um, every now and again is just uh, go through and do uh, clear out my mailing list. So ask subscribers, do they still want to be on my mailing list if they ha if it shows that they haven't opened a, a mail for, say, a year? Um, and do ask them a couple of times, um, and then you can get rid of them if, if they don't respond. But do remember that a lot of the opens, um, that a lot of things that don't seem like they've been opened, people can read it in their mail, in their email client. So don't trust mailing list numbers absolutely as a definite number, but um, you don't want to you don't want to carry too much dead weight on your mailing list. If people don't want to hear from you, get rid of them. Yes, but some mailing lists, like with IHL and the Lesbians Who Write mailing list, um, the open rates are a bit lower, but you have to remember when it pops out in their um, email box and they see it, they know, mm. oh, IHL newsletter's out, or oh, there's a new episode for Lesbians Who Write. So they don't necessarily always open it. So you have to be, you do have to be careful. Yeah. So I've got, which I was going to talk about from this week as well, front and back matter now i would say that if you've only got a few books um you could you don't have to worry about this because your front and back matter is not going to change too much when we're talking about front and back matter we're talking about um i would say mainly the also buys that you've got they're the ones that need to be updated as you release more books and maybe even as well edited because as you get more books this is what i'm finding and i'm sure you're finding and it's a nice problem to have but I don't list all my books anymore because there's too many. Look at me. When did I ever think I'd say that? It sounds crazy to me that I'm saying that, but it's true. And you have to order them. So like if I'm a London Romance book, I'll, I'll put all my other London Romance books first. But obviously because I just brought out a new London Romance book, um, I had to go through and add it and to um, the also buys and the front and back matter of, of my eBooks and also add all the sh store links so that people can go directly to it. And what I realized was that quite a lot of them don't have store links on them. 
and I do this in vellum. You can put store links on them. And <laughs> I don't think most of my front and back matter has got store links. So I went through and did it. It took me probably about a day to do all this because it's, a, it's very involved and you really have to concentrate. I was listening to music as I did it, but it's very involved. But once it's done, it's done. Obviously, if you are only on um, Kindle, if you're, only, if you're in KU, so you're only on Kindle, then you only have to do it for one book and one store. But I'm wide. <laughs> so I have to do it for every book and about seven different stores. So it's a lot more involved. But what I did was this week was I did just the London series and then that's done. And then I'll probably take, um, sort of do the All I Want series uh, another week and then do all my standalones another week just to get all the store links on the, on the front and back matter. Okay, so when you say you did it um, for all your books, are you just talking about the London Romance series? I changed all the also buys in the London Romance series, but I made sure that every single book in the also buys had a store link across all okay, the stores. Okay, so but it took it took you an entire day just for one of your series. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So that's sad news for me because um, that's one of my goals this year is do the redo all the front and back matter. I'm gonna start off um, with the Lizzie books because there's quite a few now. And it's been a it's been well over a year since I've updated the front and back matter, so it's in desperate need. But a full day, okay. But I'm not gonna do it in one day like you because I get overwhelmed really easily. I don't know if you noticed this about me. I just like kind of shut down and go glassy eyed. <laughs> but um, so I'm gonna do like uh one book uh every couple weeks and finally get it up. But I want to do my entire backlist by the end by the time um. What's the next year? What, what year are we in? <laughs> You've got a few months to go. And I must say, I didn't do it all in one day because it, was, it would be too much because your brain just spins, spins and spins. It's, 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 like, it's like a tab you've got open on a browser. <laughs> by, the, by the time you've done the seventh book and the 49th platform, I'm just like, ah! So what I did was I, di I did them all in vellum and then I did the uploading to all the different platforms the next day. But it probably took about three hours each day. So, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's one of my projects. Um, yeah, not looking forward to that, but it is something that you do have to do. And I decided at the end of last year because I had the also buy page and I had all my books listed, and then it just got too much. So now, like for the Lizzie books, it's just going to be like the Lizzie books in the series or Girl Love Happens and stuff. And then if it's a standalone, I think I might just list the other standalones. Yeah. But um, yeah, it, it gets to the point when you have over thirty books, it's it's just obnoxious. Yeah. It's overwhelming. Like if I was a reader and I was like, oh yeah, you have a lot of books. Good, well done. You, I, I would have been like, now I know I have that kind of personality. So I don't know if all readers will have that personality. <laughs> but um, yeah, I want to I want to make some adjustments to the also buy a page. But yes, I have been adding the store links in vellum too, which is uh, yeah. So I have a lot of work to do. Thanks yeah. for no problem. Thanks for bringing me down, Claire. <laughs> But I did feel like a sense of achievement. I wanted to tweet about it, but I knew nobody would fucking care. I feel I might fall asleep writing the tweet. So anyway, what's your next? Uh, what's your next top tip for spring cleaning your business? My next one was updating bios for listeners who were with me with us with me with us last year. I had a battle with updating all my bios, and I kept finding new places where my bio was like not updated because I forgot I had it. I still need to do that on <laughs> certain places. Um, I think it's, I think it's my iHeartLessVic website where I cannot get my photo added to it. I don't know why it's on my other websites, but I cannot get the photo added to it. But um, yeah, updating the bios because even 
even during COVID-19 times, things do change. <laughs> um, you, you, you write more books or you may have moved or something like that. You need to keep an updated bio and like Claire said, um, update your photo and I am waiting for my photo shoot because <laughs> I don't want to just add yet another photo no. that I've taken. I, I want to have a professional one and I don't want to have to go through the whole process of changing it all everywhere and then doing it again and oh gosh, can at least this, can this end this year? <laughs> can COVID-19 end in 2021? I will say as well that I know we're going to talk about blurbs a, a different day, but in, in, um, in updating uh, all my London romance series. Do you know what I realise as well? That the blurb for this London love, which is book two, has said that it's a follow-up to London Calling for the last six years, and I have it's never changed. So it, it doesn't say it's part of the London romance series, it's just said it's the standalone spin-off to London Calling. That's what it says on the blurb, and has for the last six years. So check your blurbs, everyone. <laughs> that makes me feel slightly better, because when I was doing the blurb for... Um... A Woman Trapped, which is uh, book eight, because I had initially said book seven was going to be the final one, and then I went back on that, and I just wrote another Lizzie book. So when I went, went back to uh, Woman Complete, it said it was the final installment, and it has been that way since the entire time when Woman <laughs> Trapped was released. <laughs> so yeah, even, even you know, people who do try, I, I do believe I try to keep up with things, even, we even dropped the ball. No. Like, how many years has that been there? Six years. Six years. You win. You win the, um, I don't know, what award would that be? <laughs> not the, the not very clever award. <laughs> All right. All right. But the thing is, though, this is, this is what we always say, especially when you are, you are, you are running your own independent book um, business. The more books you get have, the, the more plates that you're constantly spinning. And you won't, you'll never get it all right. And there'll always be things um, that aren't quite right and that you've forgotten, but it's okay. It's not the end of the world and you'll find them eventually, even if it does take you six years. Right, my next one is email inbox. Now, I did this as well this year. So look at me, I'm spring cleaning my business left, right and centre. Um, because I did it because um, Google Gmail wanted to, it said that my inbox was getting full and it said that it wanted to charge me £1.59 a month for extra storage. Now, £1.50 a month is not very much money, right? And you think, oh, that doesn't seem that bad. Maybe I'll just click the OK, £1.59 a month is fine. But then I thought, hang on, what's in all these folders? So I went through all my folders, deleted loads of stuff, um, and then emptied the bin, and it was still chock-a-block. It was still like, you know, I got rid of about 5%. I was like, where the fuck is this all coming from? It was all coming from my promotions and social and updates tabs. So I absolutely, I cleared them all out, and suddenly I had 30% clear, and I didn't need to pay 159 a month. So top tip, clear out all your all your promotions, socials, and update tab boxes. Interesting. I also got that same alert like two months ago, <laughs> and I was like, oh, fuck. Because, like, when you think about it, yeah, it's not a lot of money, but you have to pay that every month for the rest of the time you have that email account. It does add up. So, yeah, I went through, um, when I was doing that, I think I had to do it in December, and I, I unsubscribed to a lot of uh, newsletters that I no longer read, but I just kept deleting them instead of, like, taking the time to find the unsubscribe button. And I unfollowed a lot of blogs I no longer read on a regular basis. Um, um, yeah, so and then I had to go and delete all the promotions and the socials. But also just keeping, um, I try to keep my inbox to a decent level. But 
email to me is like the definition of insanity because I will I will spend the day and I will get my inbox to a manageable size where I know I have to respond to these this person or I can delete this or blah 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 blah, blah. and by the time I finally get it down and I'm like so excited I close my laptop and then the next morning I get up and I'm like motherfucker where did all these emails come from <laughs> so and it doesn't help right now where I'm getting a ton of email from for iHeart let's pick for the mega sale and every time I like I'm every time I open that email account I'm like you know looking through the cracks of my fingers because I'm like oh <laughs> and it's exciting because I am getting a lot of authors who are involved and I'm excited the readers are always happy about these sales but the lead up to them is not fun so yeah you see, I am one of those people, I never clear my email inbox and I don't worry about it too much. I just deal with what comes in. And sometimes I forget some emails and sometimes I don't file them properly. And, you know, I've got like thousands of emails in my inbox. I never, I never tidy it up. It doesn't bother me. Thousands in your inbox? Mm -hmm. <laughs> that just made me like go cold. <laughs> this is interesting because out of the two of us, I would say you are the more organized and everything wow so i rock email and you suck at email awesome this is the one thing i can win yeah the one um, the one thing <laughs> I, know, I know that it will freak some people out and i know that some people like to get to inbox zero don't they i don't think i've ever been inbox zero i've been always been in e inbox 3870 something like that wow see i might have dust bunnies everywhere not just under my bed but <laughs> my inbox is better shape than you all right <laughs> all right those are the ones I had covered. I know you had some other lists. Um... Yeah, I've, I've just got a few more. Um, have a look at your bookmarks. This is one uh, that I do quite a lot because I don't know about you, but when I'm researching a book, um, I'll, I'll have different things bookmarked. And I've got quite a lot of 50s things bookmarked at the moment for the for the 1950s set book I'm writing. But for Hot London Nights, I had probably about four or five bookmarks um, that I kept referring back to. Uh, but I don't need them anymore, so just delete them. Uh, so just keep your bookmarks on your browser in check. I don't usually add too many to my thing, but I did have to go in and find a bookmark today, and it was like we had to really. I had to scroll through a lot, and I was like, I really should undo some of these because I don't need them. Um, also, file clear up and backup. Now, this is something that I think you should do. Probably, I mean, most people say do it every backup every day. I don't. I'm I'm, I'm sure that you should. But let's let's live in the real world, shall we? If I do it every few months, I'm really fucking pleased with myself, um, <laughs> and that is the truth. So, but yeah, file clear up is is a good thing to do. Uh, but backup definitely do backup because computers are not invincible. No, and that was an episode in Sex in the City. Yes, where, uh, her I, rem Mac dies I remember and she that. Loses everything. <laughs> yes, and I was I was watching that and I was like, what's the last time you backed up? <laughs> saved in the Dropbox as well. 
Yes. But I have I have issues with my Dropbox on my PC. It works better on my Mac. Hmm. Yeah. It hasn't quite synced correctly on my PC. Right. Well, yeah. Um, Vellum syncs with my Dropbox, so the very latest version of all my books, I know that they're safe. So that's great. And and similar to you, I use Scrivener to write, and at the end of every writing session, I compile it and download it as a Word file um, to my computer. So it's on there. And I know everything I do in Scrivener is in the Dropbox as well, so we're golden. Um, and I would say the other thing is, um, are you subscribed to services you don't need anymore or organisations that you don't use anymore? Um, so have a look at that because a little like that £1.59 that Google wanted you to pay for the extra space, all these little things add up. For instance, so there was a time when Book Report was, I don't know if Book Report is still as big. Do you use Book Report? Speaking of book report, that's one I have to um, unsubscribe or undo because it no <laughs> longer go. really syncs right now because ah. of um, the changes Amazon made to Author Central is pretty much. But I don't know if book report has fixed the bug, but they were saying you know because of changes Amazon made, it was no longer up to date. So that is one I have to um, let go. Well, yeah, I was a subscriber to Book Report for the first bit, and then um, after I think after a little while, you have to pay if you earn over a thousand dollars a month, which I did. Um, so I had to pay, and I think it went up to like twenty dollars or something like that a month, which is quite a lot for uh, something that, you know that I didn't use all the time. And then KDP improved their reports, so because Book Report was a KDP reporting. Thing. So then I just stopped subscribing because I didn't need it. I don't think you need it now. KDP does its reports. Um, some people are addicted to the little charts and graphs it gives. But, you know, is are those worth $20 a month? You have to decide. Um, so you might be signed up to these little uh, tools. Think about, do you really use them? And organisations, do, uh, do they make a difference to your life? If they don't, unsubscribe because all these little things add up. Final thing I'd say as well is business cards. Now, I, I have uh, little business cards that um, have my book covers on them, and then they have my website and my mailing list, you know, get a free book, sign up to my mailing list on the back. And every time I, I send a signed copy out, I put one of these little cards in so they can use them as a bookmark. So I do give away quite a lot of these. So um, see, how do you need any more? Do you need them for business events that you might be going to? I know. <laughs> But one day we will be able to go back to conferences, um, but order them in advance because um, if you don't order them in advance, then you have to pay more for the rush job and then the rush uh, rush delivery. So just make sure that everything that you need, be it bookmarks or posters or business cards, you're up to date. I have stopped actually, I mean, granted, I wasn't able to go to any of the conferences last year, but that was one of the expenses I've been mixing because... Well, when I send a, a, a signed book in the mail in the U.S., um, if I just send the book in the envelope and nothing else, um, I can send it media rate, which is much cheaper. But if I add a bookmark, it no longer counts as media rate. The bookmark tips you over the weight. Not the weight. It tips it over the... Um, it doesn't fit into the media rate category anymore. It would cost me four extra dollars to send that oh. bookmark in the book. Wow. And I'm like, you know... I really I, don't want to pay the for no. <laughs> <laughs> If it costs me extra money to send a business card, believe me, I wouldn't do it. But it doesn't. So, all right. So I hope you found this helpful. And I hope that you have been inspired to go and spring clean your business. As we said at the beginning, it's not sexy, but it is necessary. Can we just try to convince people, ooh, it's really sexy? 
Nice. It's really fun <laughs> to do the back matter. Come on, back matter, sexy. Although, do you know what? I did have Country Hits FM on really loudly when I was doing the back matter, and I was belting out classic country. I think my wife really enjoyed it as she was working downstairs. Were you listening to Dolly? Dolly Parton? I think there was a bit of Dolly, a bit of Shania, a bit of Kenny. It was all there. It was a great afternoon. That's what you've got to do when you're doing these really shit, dull tasks. Just try and liven it up with a bit of uh, music and a, a bit of a sing-song. All right, so let us know your um, tips for spring cleaning your author business and um, if there's anything that you've thought listening to this, oh, God, I better do that. We hope we've given you some inspiration. Do comment on the website, www.lesbianswhowrite.com. Email us, lesbianswhowrite at gmail.com. Facebook us, Instagram me, and Twitter us. And join us next week when we're talking about clearing your mental clutter. In the meantime, have a great week. Keep writing. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to Lesbians Who Write. Listen in every week for more conversations on writing and lesbian fiction. And you can make sure you never miss an episode by signing up to our newsletter at lesbianswhowrite.com. Also, if you could take a moment to leave a review wherever you listen to this podcast, it would help more people to discover us. Thanks so much and see you next time.